0: How's it going guys and welcome back to the first in tech podcast as usual. I am your host Jalen Harrington
1: and I am Wade Bowman.
0: Wade you are back after a good week for NC State and a good week for your predictions. Uh, Leading off a couple of them. Yeah NC State did in fact win against Florida State for those who are somehow not aware. It was a 24 to 14 ball game in which the Wolfpack came out on top in Tallahassee. It or, did. What were your thoughts?
1: It did. Well, I had the score prediction at 28-24. I got NC State at 28 right with uh, Leary throwing all four of those touchdowns, which was also right. And I thought, you know, kind of start to finish NC State, really just maintain control of the football game. They did what they needed to on offense to keep the defense off the field as much as possible. And when the defense was on the field, they did well to sort of mitigate everything that the Florida State offense was throwing at them.
0: I, I agree. Um, it was a it's a weird day for me. I was working a different job, uh, but I had my literally I was doing a volleyball state championships in Reynolds. Right. I was running camera, so my eyes had to be on volleyball. But right. like I had my phone set up on the table, so like I would look down and see. Okay, N C State just scored. That's good. <laughs> okay, this happened. That's good. Um, what happened to begin the second half? What <laughs> what was the what was that whole sequence?
1: I I got to hand it to Florida State. I mean, that's just a great play call yeah. coming out of halftime and attempting the onside kick. That's just, I mean, why not? What do you have to lose at that point was, in the ballgame?
0: It was perfectly done, too.
1: Oh, like. it was great. It's the, the commentary crew during the game said that, that is something that they had to have noticed on film to see that NC State was playing that far back on kickoffs. And, you know, I agreed with what they said about, you know, if they're going to give that to you, absolutely take a shot at it.
0: I think that play in particular was an example of why I felt so hesitant coming into this game. Yeah. It's because Harrell's a good coach, man. Yeah, he and, is. And he's got those guys, even though they aren't that good of a football team right now, I mean, he's turning it around, he's got them buying in, and it's not like they didn't give it their best shot. Right. In my defense, for my uh, not-so-great predictions, I also didn't think that McKenzie Milton was going to be the starting QB no, for this yeah, game. No, that,
1: yeah, that is completely fair for you to assume that they would do a little bit better without McKenzie Milton under center.
0: Yeah, I mean, McKenzie, he, he tried his best. Okay? He did. 22 for 44, 233 yards, a touchdown, a pick, a terrible pick, terrible throw, but a great play really early in the game by Josh Pierre-Lewis, who was starting as a surprise for Tyler Breaker williams I mean, right. What did you kind of see either from Josh or from the rest of the secondary? You know, What did you think of their performance in this game?
1: I think just speaking on the secondary as a whole, they did well to kind of stop the big plays for most of the game. There were a couple drives where Florida State was getting hot and moving it down the field consecutively, but I think that for the most part, the secondary was able to stop the bleeding when Mackenzie Milton decided that he was going to try and throw something deep.
0: Uh, As a segue, I believe you said before we came on, you owed someone an apology?
1: Listen, I stand by what I said about (laughs) Tanner Ingle being sort of a sore spot in the secondary when it comes to pass coverage. But I got to give it to him. He's good at what he does. He is. He's very good at what he he does. He is good at making tackles out of the secondary. And if that's what Dorm wants him out there to do, then you know what? He's good at it. I get it. (laughs) He is. They're going to throw at him Mm -hmm. throughout the rest of the season, and he's going to get burnt. But he's also going to make very big plays.
0: And I think that's just the give and take that you have to accept. Uh, the only thing for me, really, like I think at this point you can be okay with the coverage stuff just because you know what you're getting into, whatever, right. whatever. I do think he has to rein in his emotion a bit more. I remember there was there was one play where I looked down, he made a tackle near Florida State sideline and was immediately mouthing off to them. Yeah, Like, dude, you've already gotten a couple 15-yarders this mm-hmm. year by doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe show some growth, maybe turn to your sideline and you know get jacked up yeah. with them, but you know it's stuff like that. It's stuff like that where I'm like, all right, come on, you're a you're a third year, fourth year player, gotta act like you've been there yeah. a little bit more.
1: I right? would agree, but I also think it's a double edged sword. I mean, I've heard plenty of guys within the the program and the team mention how Ingles kind of one of those glue guys that. Yeah. <laughs> Acts as acts as an energizer for the rest of the defense and plays like that get your teammates going. This is true. They they are stupid. Yeah. And they will cost you. <laughs> but they do get your teammates going. But and also on your comment about growth, this is Tanner Ingle we're talking about. These are <laughs> not gonna change. Is, this is true. Ingle has been doing this his entire time here. It's just who he is. And I think it's why he's one of those glue guys for this team.
0: Yeah, I, I will say, I mean, you know, give credit where credit's due. Um a lot of us came into this year not thinking that he was going to clean up the targeting issues, and he has. Yeah. He has. He has. So uh, at least that's gotten shored up. Um, but let's, let's talk a little bit more about the defense. Let's talk a bit about the front, and let's talk about my bet. Uh, mm-hmm. Or my, not my bet. I'm not a gambler anymore. <laughs> uh, my prediction that Vi Jones is going to have three sacks and lead the team. First of all, he did lead the team technically with sacks. He did with his
1: one. He did with a singular sack.
0: The other thing is, one of the plays that I looked down and saw, he like he did a stunt into the into the backfield, mm-hmm. had Milton in his in his freaking hands. <laughs> let him go. I went back, watched the full game. There were two such occasions where that happened.
1: He knew. So he had to. Have he known.
0: should have had three yeah, sacks. Yeah, no, he had to have known. Had the one had um was recorded with one other hurry, and it should yep. have been two other hurries. But, I mean, By Jones is an insanely good pass rusher. Yes. I think Davin Van also had a really good game coming in for Savion Jackson, who is injured right now. I mean, what did you see from the front there?
1: Uh, From the front, I would have liked, honestly, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more with a quarterback like McKenzie Milton getting the start for Florida State, trying to get to him and get the ball out of his hands fast because that's not where he's comfortable. You know, he takes a lot of time to find those reads that he wants. And getting to them early and often was obviously the way to win this football game. And they found other ways to win it. But uh, for the most part, I mean, the guys that stepped up played well. They they did what they had to do to get the win.
0: It's weird that it's taken us till, you know, nearly all the way through this season to find this out. But yeah. NC State was lacking a pass rush this like entire year. Um, Guess who their leading sacker is for the season? I feel
1: like... I don't know. I it's, really don't. It's
0: it's By Jones. Is it really? It's Vi Jones. Vi wow. Jones has three and a half sacks. Davin Band also has three and a half sacks. Oh, I, I lied. Hold on. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> okay. Is it Durden? I'm sorry. No, it's Drake Thomas. Yeah. Drake Thomas has four. That was going to be my guess. And I looked over that. Yeah. So Drake has four. Vi has three and a half. You've got two linebackers that are leading you in sacks.
1: Yeah. And that makes that is absolutely in character for the NC State defense where the linebackers do everything.
0: But one was riding the bench for most of this year. Yeah. I mean, it's it's good that those guys are so good, but at the same time, it's not great that so many of your D linemen are struggling to get after the quarterback.
1: No, it's it's not great at all. I mean it's, it's definitely been a battle for this defensive front all year in trying to figure out how to sort of manipulate the opponent's pass blocks or run block schemes. And getting to the quarterback has been something that has hurt this team in big games, especially games that they've lost. I think that that was one of the like primary factors in Miami having the day that they had for Tyler Van Dyke was just he just wasn't getting touched.
0: I agree. I agree. Let's transition to the offense for a bit. I mean— Devin Leary having four touchdowns, having a monster day, all that good stuff. I don't think that's very surprising. Like no, if you read a stat line, twenty-one for thirty-two, three hundred fourteen yards, four touchdowns, a pick, sixty-six percent completions, you'd be like, okay, it's, that's that's the Devin that we it's, know.
1: Yeah, it's it's another Devin Leary game. I mean, he's just doing this week in and week out. I look at these stats, and for any other NC State quarterback in the time that I've been a fan of this football team, I'd be like, wow, this is a monster day for this guy. Yeah. But when it comes to Devin Leary, I'm just like, oh, okay, it did it again.
0: The other thing is, even even for the stats, while you watch the game, you're like, oh, this is a regular game. It really,
1: it <laughs> really doesn't feel like he does this every yeah. week. It just doesn't. I, I don't understand it. And the guys that were commentating the game on ACC Network were making a really large point that Devin Leary was a game manager. And I don't know if I completely agree with that, but watching him play and then reading his stat lines after, it kind of makes sense.
0: Yeah. He, he's not the flashiest guy ever. He's not Trevor Lawrence just hitting 70-yard deep bombs right. everywhere. But the other thing is, I don't know. At this point, I kind of feel like, is he just a game manager because we only treat him like a game manager? Yes.
1: Absolutely. I like, think he has all the talent in the world.
0: You know, he hit that deep shot to CJ early in the game. Right. And that was a bomb. It was it wasn't the greatest ball in the history of ever, but it was, it was a bomb. It got there. It was a good pass. Yeah. He hit Trent on like a forty yard pass down the field where mm-hmm. on that play where Trent got hurt. That was a great throw. Yeah. But he, we just we just sit there like, okay, you're supposed to do that. Yeah.
1: Now <laughs> let's run. Let's run the ball six times in a row with the guy that's averaging one point eight yards per carry.
0: Hey, look, the run game got a little better this week.
1: It did. It, it got, did it get a little, little better.
0: A little a little and better. 2.3 yards per carry.
1: Yeah, Zonovan was definitely looking a little better this week. But at the same time, this is a very talented Florida State front. So I agree. in truth, coming into this game, I was never expecting that much.
0: I think also they're, Tim Beck's starting to figure it out there. Yes. Um, like you mentioned, you know they're getting the running backs to the edge more yeah. because they're figuring out kind of the issues there. So you're seeing straight runs to the edge. You're seeing kind of guard tackle counters where they realize you can run to the right if you just pull Icky yeah, and Dylan put him on the other side to the right. You just pull him over at the snap it's boom. That easy. You can run to the right now. That easy. So I, I think that's something to keep an eye on. But you know, somehow I don't think that's gonna be much of a problem.
1: No, I don't think so either. <laughs> I think as Devin continues to get more and more comfortable in the role that Dave Doran is asking him to play, it's obviously gonna open the run game up a lot more. I think that that is one of the main reasons why Zonovan had the day that he had averaging 4 4.2 yards per carry, you know, 18 attempts for 75 yards. It's when you have to make the defense respect your quarterback, respect the fact that he can make those deep throws like Leary was making on occasion against Florida State. That's when you're able to sort of break off these runs for massive chunk yards. Speaking
0: of, of making plays in the pass game, Looking at the receiving category for NC yeah. State, that's where the real surprise is. Absolutely. I mean, sure, Porter Rooks led the team in receptions, but you look down that list. Trent Penix had three catches for 97 yards and a touchdown. Chris Toole, the tight end, had four catches for 42 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Ricky Person had two catches, 50 yards and a touchdown. I mean, NC State got it done in the past game, and sure, there was you know a couple big plays to Porter Rooks. Yeah. It was a big play to C.J. Riley. But for the most part in the passing game, things got done going to the running backs, going to the tight end.
1: Yeah. And you know who's not on this NC State receiving list? Who's not on that? The guy who I projected to have 100 yards and a touchdown, <laughs> Devin
0: Carter. It's a quiet day for Devin. It
1: Well, apparently so, <laughs> considering he did not have a single catch.
0: <laughs> Look, sometimes you hit. Sometimes you miss. True. You I, think, big on the other I think I think
1: out of my picks, I would have put money on my Leary p- projections and not my Devin Carter projections. Yeah, you're a smart, man.
0: But no, I mean it. It's nice to see that NC State was making it work at all levels. Yeah. So you had the deep balls to you know Trent Penix for one, and then C.J. Riley for the other. You also had plays where um, I guess they saw in film that Florida State can't tackle to save their lives because they would just have a, a little dump-off throw to Trent yeah. Pennox or to Ricky Person, and they would take it for a 50-yard
1: touchdown. I mean, it works. If it works, it works. Yeah,
0: I, I think you're kind of seeing with this offense that Tim Beck's calling plays where Devin Leary can take what the defense gives him.
1: Yeah, I think that's very important.
0: And with guys like Chris Toodle, with guys like Trent Picks and Ricky Person, you can do that. You can yeah. dump the ball off and say, hey, go break a tackle and break this
1: for me. Yeah, And it's going to work. Uh, Yeah, I think that was one of the biggest pieces of your takeaways article from this week, and I completely agreed. I think these guys sort of bring a different element than what you're used to seeing with Emeka and Carter and even Thayer. It's just when they have the ball in their hands, they're so special with their athleticism that they can really just make a play out of absolutely nothing. And also, to your point about Beck sort of opening up the playbook for Leary to make reads a little bit, I think that that is... The absolute best-case scenario for Leary's future, I think, too often in college offensive schemes, you see setups where the quarterback is given maybe one or two reads of play, and if nothing else, get out of the pocket and either dump it off or get out of bounds. But I think it's going to be really important for Devin to sort of take it all in as it's coming and make these decisions faster and faster.
0: Yeah, and he's going to have to because his O-line – Granted, you were going up against two really good uh, guys in Lovett and Jermaine Johnson, yeah. but they are, oh boy, they're having a time at yeah, times. It has not looked great. Three sacks given up, six TFLs allowed, and um, you know, not the greatest time being given for Leary at all moments. I think that that's definitely something to watch moving forward.
1: Yeah, I would agree.
0: All right, let's move things along, and let's look forward to NC State's next game, which comes against the college football playoffs, number 12 team in the country, Wake Forest. Wait, if I told you coming into this year that a week before NC State and Wake Forest, you would be thinking that this is the ACC Atlantic Championship game and that after that you know, round of games, it would be Wake that would screw those two out of getting college game day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, <laughs> I think the
1: second half of that statement is far more believable than the first, that Wake Forest would mess something up. I, I definitely believe that one. Right. But when it comes to NC State versus Wake Forest potentially determining who gets to make an ACC championship appearance, it's definitely a surprise that I think a lot of people never saw coming.
0: It, it makes so much sense in hindsight, though. It does. When you, when you consider what those COVID years do, you you know you're giving two staffs that are incredible at developing players. You're giving them two extra years to bring their guys along, and to hopefully have a couple of really good guys and really good young recruits pan out mm-hmm. for your team. And they're running roughshod over the other teams in the ACC. Yeah, you know you've got a Clemson who's really talented. Doesn't matter. They, Florida State, sure really talented. Doesn't matter. Miami, yeah, Miami won that. Game. Yeah, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> that's an outlier. But I mean, you know, what are your thoughts on just the fact that these two teams are even in this position?
1: I, well, given Wake Forest's schedule, I don't think it was that surprising that they ended up being undefeated for as long as they did. I mean, the first, you know, real test to their schedule was North Carolina, which, you know, they ended up losing in. But for NC State, I've been, very, very pleasantly surprised with NC State this season. I think my preseason record prediction was somewhere in the realm of eight and four I think, and you know they've they've performed well they've they've performed above expectations in games that I thought would be a lot closer. There have been moments where they performed below expectations uh notably Miami. I think Miami was a really, really bad loss for this team but Regardless, they are where they are now with the opportunity to make a statement in the ACC Atlantic this weekend.
0: Weirdly enough, before NC State beat Florida State, and it did so with no concerns present at all, Yeah, I was more confident in this game for NC State. The more I think about it, the more I think, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, this this is a high-powered Wake Forest offense.
1: Oh, yeah, that is... Underselling it. Yeah. I would say. <laughs> yeah. I Last weekend versus UNC, it was the first weight game that I've actually watched this season. And they score at will. Mm-hmm. I think if Christian Beale Smith never goes down with an injury, that's their starting running back, I think they'll win that game with ease. It seemed like after that was where everything fall off fell off for them. But before that, it was just touchdown, touchdown, touchdown.
0: And those, I mean, let's talk about them. Those two wide receivers.
1: Oh, A.T. Perry and Jaquari Robinson, Oh, my are goodness. Out of this
0: world. They are monsters.
1: Yeah, A.T. Perry specifically is an absolute.
0: I mean, people talk a lot about how good those supposed Carolina corners are, and they made mincemeat
1: of them. It was... They they did early, but I will say Storm Duck really pulled it out at the end, locking down A.T. Perry. That's true.
0: And, and I think part of it also, uh, and I didn't, you know, of course I'm trying to watch the game and work at the same time. Right. It felt like a choke to me.
1: For Wake Forest? Yeah. Absolutely. Sam Big Hartman time. really crumbled Big there time. in the fourth quarter. I don't know his exact fourth quarter stats, but I, I'm almost positive he was completing under 25% of his passes yeah. in the fourth. Yeah. I mean, and the guy, bad. the
0: guy never throws picks. I think he threw one. He might have also thrown another one that was dangerous, or at least a really bad He did throw. have two
1: interceptions on the day.
0: Yeah, two? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, that's kind of a, a bright spot for NC State. For NC State, if I'm not remembering incorrectly— the defense usually holds teams to about 14 points less than they usually score. Yeah. That
1: for most about right.
0: for most normal teams, that's really good. Because most normal teams, they'll be at about 31 points. So you knock them down by 14, they're at about 14, 17 points for the game. Yeah. This Wake Forest team is not that it's not that at all. This team scores 44 points a game. Yeah. You hold them. They haven't been held, by the way, under 35 points. Yep. Yeah. At all this year. So you hold them in a massive victory for the defense at 30 points. Guess what? You're still looking at Devin Leary like, hey, we need a lot of points from you.
1: Yeah, I think that that is my largest concern coming into this game, that despite the the opener against USF and the game against Furman, I am not confident in this offense to get out on the field and score points consistently. It seems like throughout the season it's been scoring in waves where you'll go quarters at a time just playing bad football, and then you'll all of a sudden figure it out for two drives in a row, make great plays, and then it's back to what are we doing until that stroke of luck comes back around. And I think that's where Wake has the clear advantage because even at their worst, they're going to score 35 points.
0: This is one of the best quarterback matchups of this year. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I really look forward to it. And I think a big key for NC State is, of course, going to come on the defensive side. Like I mentioned, Wake Forest scores a lot of points. Uh, The big numbers that jump out to me, they are 50% on third down. Over 50%, actually, by a little bit. I think that's probably going to be the key thing here. Um, NC State is, I think, if I remember right from my takeaways, the third best third down defense in the country. Right. This is great on great, (laughs) right? Yeah. And NC State's got to win that battle at least because – the worst thing that can happen to this defense, as depleted as it is, is it has to stay on drives for a long time, it's getting burnt deep, the offense can't move the ball, suddenly you're on the field for, you know, A-some snaps, Right. and you just can't hold up. So I think that's huge. I think the other thing is getting after the quarterback. Whatever Vi Jones has to do, whatever you got to do with Drake Thomas, you know, if Davin Van has to play the entire game, I don't care, but... Sam Hartman has to be on the ground.
1: I will say Hartman is a slippery quarterback, more than a lot of people give him credit for. And he's got great pocket presence. He really does not like getting touched in there and he doesn't for the most part.
0: I no, he's he's a quarterback that you definitely have to respect. And he's absolutely by far the best quarterback NT State's gonna face this year.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent agree with that one.
0: What do you see as the as the path for victory in this game? If you were if you were in the coaching staff, if you're setting the game plan. What are you telling each side of the ball that they have to
1: do? We'll start with the offense. I think that clock management is the key for the offense in this one. Staying on the field as long as you can for every drive. And that's going to take running the ball effectively. And that is something that NC State has struggled with since the first couple of weeks in the season. And if they have to figure it out at any point in the season, it's this week. It is absolutely this week. I think that both Zonovan Knight and Ricky Pershing should have at least 15 carries in this game. I think that it should be a run-first offense all day for as long as it's working. Obviously, if you figure out early that they've got our number in the run game, then you switch it up, you let Devin make the plays. But I think for the most part, if you can establish that run early and keep your offense on the field longer than Wake Forest can have theirs out there, then you've got a pretty good shot of winning the football game. And moving over to defense. I think it's honestly kind of the same. I mean, you're going to have to stop the run game. I'm not entirely sure of Christian Bill Smith's availability for this weekend. I was trying to find it before we got on the podcast, but I couldn't see anything for it. He is a very good runner. I was lucky enough to watch him in high school. We went to the same school, and he was absolutely electric there. And he's been great in this lead role for Wake Forest. Like I said, when he went out last weekend, it was kind of the turning point in this game where things just started to fall apart for them. But if he is back this week, I think that that comes first, putting all the pressure on Sam Hartman, because we saw what that did last week against Carolina. He crumbled. He did, mm-hmm. plain and simple. Mm-hmm. I think that it's asking too much to try and contain any of these Wake Forest receivers or try and hold them, but you just have to, you have to cut your losses as much as you can. And I think you do that by stopping the run game and getting to Hartman as much as possible.
0: I'm thinking of this game really similarly to the Clemson game. Yeah. I think it's going to look a lot like that where NC State came out and they were like, look, we understand what this game is going to be like. We understand that getting three to four yards on any given play is going to be a fight. And that's all we're shooting for. Right. And they played keep away. I think the same thing is going to happen here. I'm looking at Wake Forest stats. They give up. 4.9 yards to carry to opposing running backs. So if there was ever a get right game for this rushing Just attack, one. it's right here. But even if even if somehow you know Wake Forest dials in and and they stop the rush, I think NC State also showed against Clemson that it can run running plays that aren't running plays. Right. So against Clemson, there were a lot of plays where every single receiver ran like a spot route. Yeah. They ran up like. Four to six yards. Just sitting in the holes. Turned around. Mm-hmm. And it's the same exact effect as a run play. Right. Because you throw them the ball, they immediately fall down, and the clock keeps rolling. Yep. I think that that's going to be the way to move down the field is, you know, you don't want to have, even if it's nice, even if they score in a big play, you don't want to come back with a big 70-yard play of your own. Right. You want a nice little 15-play, 75-yard mm-hmm. touchdown drive that takes nine minutes off the clock. Yeah, I think – This is a game where you want to limit it to where, hopefully, each team has about one possession a
1: quarter. (laughs) That would be the best-case scenario for NC State. Best
0: case, for sure. On defense, it's a lot tougher. Way tougher. It's a lot tougher. Yeah, it was
1: was hard for me to kind of piece together how I envision NC State's defense managing even a relatively good game here. I don't know if I see it happening, despite – my wishes of NC State trying to hold on to the ball for as long as possible its probably going to become a shootout.
0: If I'm Tony Gibson and if I'm Brian Mitchell, the cornerback's coach, it's time to get bold. And I think this is another time where you just have to be okay with giving up a lot and trying to give back a lot. I think that, you know, we know Shaheen is going to start on one side of the corner. He's going to play the entire game. Right. If I'm Brian Mitchell, if I'm Tony Gibson, Aiden White's on that other end the entire game. You've already got Devin Boykin, who just surpassed Shaquem Harris at safety. I think Josh Pierre Lewis also sees a lot of time, and and there's a lot of dime being played. Um, but I think this is a game where you have to go for interceptions. Yeah, you have to pray, and you have to have guys out there that are going to give up some big plays, but also have the ability to take the ball away.
1: Yeah, I. This is not a conventional game. It is going to be a very very rough day for the secondary. Oh yeah. And I think that the only way that they manage to kind of come out of this with any sort of positive thoughts is if they can manage a takeaway or two. This is hopefully
0: going to feel like a home game for NC State and much less like a home game for Wake Forest. Because that's going to be another major factor is, can the crowd actually work against Wake Forest even though they're the home team? Right. Wait, are you making the trip?
1: I am, yeah. I'm going as a fan. You're going as a fan? I will. I will be there supporting the boys.
0: Uh, I'm going uh, as a coverer, as a reporter. Coverer. Yeah, me me and Tristan uh, are, are going to cover this game. I, I'm excited to see what the atmosphere is like in that
1: stadium. I have been to a couple Wake Forest games in that stadium, and it's it's a good time. It's a smaller stadium. Yeah, I, I've heard that. For me personally, yeah, I think their capacity is like 31,000. It's like half of Carter Finley. But smaller environments, I always feel like, tend to be more fun for college sports. I think so. They just get louder.
0: It's a little more intimate of a venue. Yeah. And, you know, this is is what we want to see. Two ranked teams, two top 20 teams, one of the best ranked matchups of the week, a rivalry game with championship implications on the line. I mean, I'm looking at the slate of games this week, and to be clear, this is, you know, Probably the third, fourth best matchup this week. It's a monster week, though. You've got Purdue and Ohio State. That's four and nineteen. You've got Texas A and M and Ole Miss. That's eleven and Mm fifteen. NC State Wake Forest, obviously twelve and sixteen. And the last one is Oklahoma and Baylor, eight and thirteen on Fox. Somehow NC State's on the ACC network. Yeah, that one hurts a little bit, and I'm kind of mad at Wake Forest about it. I don't. I don't. Even I'm not sure how that how Wake Forest caused that because okay. I just said Oklahoma and Baylor. Right. That's a noon game on Fox. So ESPN shouldn't care about it, really. Purdue and Ohio State is at 330 on ABC. Totally understand that. A&M and Ole Miss, a 7. Totally understand that. You're telling me that NC State and Wake Forest shouldn't have been a noon on ABC? I think that should have been a noon game on on ABC. Yeah,
1: I mean, I don't. I don't really understand, <laughs> and I also don't get what goes into deciding who gets what time slots on major networks, but I think that it's pretty criminal to have a game that means so much for a Power 5 conference be banished to ACC Network at 7.30 p.m.
0: This, to me, feels like uh, politics. It feels like – because you know, you know that ESPN has to throw the ACC Network a bone sometimes and give yeah. them a better game than they should get. I think that they thought to themselves – yeah, it's Wake and NC State, but it's also Wake and NC State. Nobody cares. We're we'll just to throw that. It's true. Nobody, nobody a- does care. That's I, a great point. I think, I think that they poison pilled this game. I think that if <laughs> I'm, I'm so serious right now. I think that if any college football fan was watching College Game Day, even if they didn't care at all about NC State or Wake Forest, you're telling me they're gonna see a 12 and 16 game at noon with nothing else on. They're not gonna turn to it. Yeah.
1: I uh, mean, I think it's gonna be a good football game.
0: It's gonna be a great football no game. No matter,
1: no matter who it works out in favor for, one of these teams is gonna have a very good day.
0: Now that we say that, it's gonna be a blowout one way or the other, and then we're gonna still go like, one oh, of those teams different. will have a very good day. Yeah, that's true. Maybe it's the team in red.
1: Maybe, man. I mean, Devin Leary's on a mission right now after getting left off the uh, Davy O'Brien finalist.
0: That's insane to me. But it was criminal some of yeah. the quarterbacks that were ahead of him on that list. Not
1: great. I know that you had qualms about Hinden Hooker being on there
0: Hinden Hooker shouldn't be anywhere near this list Jake Hayner I understand I'm also I'm hating though I don't I don't love that
1: I mean Caleb Williams is leading an undefeated Oklahoma team right now what has Caleb Williams done that Devin Leary hasn't be done better list.
0: not enough to be on this for list for longer I don't like Anthony Brown on this list Oregon's almost losing nearly every other yeah. game that I see. Oregon's
1: offense runs to their backfield.
0: And it's because he's playing like crap. Yeah. He's the problem. Will Rogers, come on.
1: Come on. Stop it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, it. not a fan of these finalists at all.
0: Malik Willis, I mean, he's good, but Liberty, I, I think they're they're regressing back to the mean this year. Yeah, I don't they know are. if I love him over Devin Leary. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Honestly, I'd— don't even like Brendan Armstrong over Devin Leary. Oh, I hate Brendan Armstrong over Devin Leary. At this Leary. point in the year.
0: He's got the emptiest He's, stats. Yeah, I in was college about to say football. I don't yeah. think there's a,
1: a player in college football right now with emptier stats Come than Brendan Armstrong.
0: Now this is interesting to me because so there's Davey watchlet, the Davey O'Brien watch list or the Davy O'Brien semifinals. I recently saw the Johnny United's Golden Arm Award. Right. I, I don't know how prestigious this is compared to the Davy O'Brien. I, I assume it's
1: less. Right, yeah.
0: They've got their top ten out already, though. Uh, Devin Larry's in the top ten. Yeah, and for he, the United, right?
1: Rightfully so.
0: Yeah, I, I think that this is a top ten quarterback in, in college football, and I don't.
1: <sighs> that is, I I love the take. I really do. It just feels weird. It does to feel say weird it, that an NC State quarterback could be it's, a top ten quarterback in college football. Dave Doran
0: had a great quote about this, and he was just like, "If you're watching the games." Sometimes you have to throw away the recruiting stars. Yeah. You have to throw away the talent. You have to throw away even the potential. Right. Because I don't think that Devin Leary has more potential than, you know. Than a lot of these guys. But Devin Leary right now is playing the best football. He's playing good enough football to be in the top ten.
1: Yeah, I, I, I thought old, I thought you were going to say something no, a no, lot no, more no. bold there. Not, no, Behind the no. mic, I was going to say it. <laughs> just say it. Go ahead. <laughs> he's, no,
0: I'm not going to start any Devin Leary for Heisman campaigns right now. <laughs> hey,
1: I'd vote for him. But I, I would.
0: I, I think you take a poll of the ACC. I think that— I've got
1: Leary over Pickett.
0: Okay, that's bold. I do. That's I think bold. he's just
1: playing better football.
0: That's bold. I think—I was going to say I think everybody besides Pitt. I've, I've got Leary over Pickett.
1: I, I think that I think you can make that argument. Yeah, it's definitely an argument that can be yeah. made, which is which puts enough respect on Leary's name enough.
0: Yeah. Devin Leary does lead the ACC in efficiency. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you're in the SEC, there are what maybe two that pop into my mind. Right. That you go, yeah, no, I don't want, uh, you know. I'll and
1: I, I mean, you I, say I, he leads in efficiency. That's the name of Devin Leary's game. He's not playing in an air raid correct. offense, Correct. And he's still putting up the stats that he is.
0: Correct. I'm gonna hot take this even further. Um, he's the best quarterback in the Pac-12. He's in the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean that. He's the best quarterback in the Pac-12. Whoever has him is winning the Pac-12. Yeah. I that's absolutely how Terrible agree. that conference is. You put him in the Big Ten. Yeah. Number two, number two. I I'll think, put him behind Ohio State quarterback. I think quarterback.
1: I think Stroud's better. Put him behind Stroud. I do think Stroud is better. I think
0: anybody else wants him. I think any. I think even Penn State. I think even Penn State wants him. I
1: never understand Penn State football, so I'm just <laughs>
0: staying completely out of this. Iowa wishes and dreams <laughs> <laughs> Iowa could have him You go to the Big
1: 12, That's maybe. former top two Iowa to you.
0: <laughs> Second best team in the country. No, I, I think you look around, and maybe he's on the edge of top 10, but that's the top 20 quarterback in college football. No doubt. I think that
1: out. that is undisputed. No doubt. I about. think that it is absolutely. They must have just forgot.
0: Had to, had to. Have they been. couldn't
1: have just discredited him
0: from this. I don't know who votes on this. Maybe, maybe that's the issue.
1: I'd like to have a conversation with him.
0: I would. I want to direct them to NC State's prevention services uh, because <laughs> they're on drugs. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, Those I just, things. I, I wanted to bring that up. I feel like that is a conversation that needed to be had because Devin Leary. I was not giving Devin Leary the respect he deserved a couple of games into the season, but at this point in the year without with anybody else that's not Devin Leary at quarterback this team has four wins at best
0: no he's he's absolutely pulled it together and he's proven all of us wrong because he has. you know even if we thought he was going to be good no one thought he was going to be this good
1: no because a lot of people expected the the majority of the weight in this offense to rely on Bam and Ricky mm-hmm. and it just hasn't yeah and-, and that's not because they wanted to rely on Leary but it's because Bam and Ricky just aren't doing it and it's been Leary who's had to step up, and he has.
0: You're right. Bam and Ricky aren't exactly having the greatest of years. And Darren Leary just says, okay, no problem.
1: Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be the guy if I have to. Yeah. And he has been.
0: Another hot take, and I've, I've hinted at this for years, but he, this is the clutchest NC State quarterback of our lifetime.
1: Oh, yeah, easily of my lifetime. Of my remembrance of NC State football, yes.
0: And I love Russ. Russ is the best quarterback that I've seen play for NC State. Yeah, I, I did Phillip not Rivers. get to
1: watch a lot of Russ in his NC State. Russ day. was incredible, I will
0: say. but I think, I think Leary, has had to show that he's even clutcher. Right. I think I think he's got the accolades at least in that area for NC State quarterbacks. But let's transition from there, and let's transition from that talk. We have thoughts on the college football playoff poll,
1: as we do every week.
0: You you start out,
1: and I'm well, gonna see how
0: it stacks up compared to. How I've got them ranked.
1: We'll, we'll start at the top here. Georgia won, given right. Nobody in the entire world can be upset with that. Georgia is far and away the best team in college football. Okay. Alabama number two. At this point in the season, I think that it is okay to have Bama number two with how Texas A and M is playing. Right. At the time, it was an unranked loss, and they still didn't drop very far, which I was upset with because it sets a bad precedent for the rest of the season when you aren't treating these big players with the same sort of energy that you treat the lower players. You know, like a Michigan State who just lost to a Purdue team and really has lost their entire chance of making the C F P barring a a Big Ten championship. Oregon at three is absolutely atrocious. This this Oregon, Ohio State thing, I don't understand because you've got Oregon over Ohio State because Oregon has the head-to-head. Right. Oregon has an unranked loss. You've got Michigan over Michigan State at 6-7. and seven. Mm-hmm. But Michigan has the head-to-head and the unranked loss. What's the difference? <laughs> there is no difference. There isn't. There is no difference. It's It makes no sense.
0: I, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if it's politics just because the Pac-12 like never makes the playoff. So they're trying to prop Oregon up. But no one in this world who watches college football, thinks that Oregon's the third best team in the country?
1: They're not. I don't even think that they're a
0: top-ten team in the no. country. No. Uh, you you want to get mad? <laughs> Make me upset. You want to get mad? Make me upset. Guess what my number two team in the country is? Cincinnati. Oklahoma.
1: I don't hate that. You know I don't hate Oklahoma. Uh,
0: Oklahoma at number two. I think— They're undefeated. At, at, they're undefeated. In this, at, at this point, they've got seven Power 5 victories, Yep. which— I track those for the purposes of my poll, how many Power 5 victories you have. That's a lot. That's second only to Georgia Mm. in my top 25.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: That's a ton of victories. So even though they're not great, I kind of respect that ability to keep winning. And I think going alongside having Oklahoma at two, I have Alabama at five.
1: I, I would love to be able to justify Bama not being in my top four, but I just don't think I can. I think the CFP defers in the AP a little bit, and that there is a lot more eye test involved in the CFP rankings, Yep. and that's why Bama gets the two-spot locked up.
0: My, my issue is you can't almost lose to LSU with a lame duck coach. That that was what finally made me drop them down to five. Yeah, I think right now Ohio State and Michigan deserve that spot just a little bit
1: more. I think Cincinnati deserves it more than Michigan. Really? I do. I, I think my top four as it stands is Georgia one, Bama two, Ohio State three, Cincinnati four. Really? Yeah.
0: I I'm not a I'm not a Cincy believer. It's I, just
1: I think you have to if they're undefeated.
0: It's hard with their resume. They've beaten they've got two wins that I consider power five, one actually isn't. Notre Dame, of course, right. independent, but I treat them like they're power five. Yeah.
1: Notre Dame would be a power five school. Exactly. Anyway.
0: Notre Dame, Indiana. Those are your two. You're playing the Little Sisters of the Blind every single week now. And you're not looking as dominant as maybe you should. For right now, it's hard for me to say, Michigan, you're not better than Cincinnati with all your wins. Michigan State, even with that bad loss, you can't compete better than Cincinnati. Well, I mean, if you're going to
1: argue that Michigan's better than them, then that already means that you're arguing that Michigan State's better than them because Michigan State is better than Michigan.
0: Michigan State is not... Ranked higher than Michigan in my poll. I have. You Michigan. agree?
1: You agree that Michigan should be above Michigan State?
0: I do. I I subscribe to the theory of a worse loss hurts you more
1: than a head to head.
0: Than a head to head. It's it's not about the fact that I'm curious. It's about it's about how you're performing right now. Okay. So. Michigan State was, I believe, my number two team in the country last week. Yeah, I think Either we were, I think three. we were
1: both in agreement that Michigan State was number two yeah. last
0: week you cannot lose to an unranked Purdue team. And so at that point, I have to ask myself, do I think Michigan also loses to that? Does Michigan perform better against that Purdue team? I think yes. So at that point, it's, look, I think that there's no shame in losing to a top 10 team. Right. Right? Well,
1: yeah, obviously not. There is shame
0: in losing to an unranked team.
1: There is. There is.
0: And I think, you know, what you have is, if Michigan, for some reason, loses this week, I don't know who they're playing, but if they lose to an unranked team, okay, then in that case, we've got two bad losses, one for each team, and then Michigan State's got the head-to-head. Now, of course, we put Michigan State on top. Okay. But I I, I respect the fact that, A, that Michigan-Michigan State team uh, game was tight.
1: It was. And it was it a was, good football game. And
0: it was at Michigan State. Right. So, you know, I respect the competition there, and I think that they're very close. That's yeah. another reason why both – uh, they are Michigan.
1: certainly a lot closer than Ohio State and Oregon are.
0: That's another reason why I think I have to have Michigan State above Cincinnati because I thought about that and I'm just like they're Michigan and Michigan State are too tight for me to drop Michigan State to like eight and be like all right Michigan's at four for me. Yeah, I can't. I don't think you can really defend no, that they have can't. to be closer together. Um, but no, I do agree that Oregon is not that good. I have Oregon at eleven. Yeah, they're like, not even in my top ten. I like
1: Oregon out of the top ten. I have Oklahoma State at nine. Yeah, I cannot say that I've watched a lot of Oklahoma State football this year.
0: They're solid. They they keep performing well. Their Baylor wins their best win right now.
1: Yeah, um, and that's something that is going to get them a long way. Uh, depending on how well you know Oklahoma plays Baylor. Yeah.
0: Well, it, this is going to be interesting because I think you've got another problem uh, that's lying up ahead. If Baylor beats Oklahoma, I believe Baylor's going to be ranked ahead of them. And I believe they should be. Ahead of Oklahoma? Ahead, or uh, ahead of Oklahoma State? Ahead of Oklahoma State. Yeah. And I no. think then it's just up to Oklahoma State to also beat Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. Can we stop with this UTSA nonsense? <laughs> I
1: They're keep... undefeated, man. They're, Put them in the playoff. They
0: are undefeated. Put them but in the playoff. The, the people that are filling up my timeline with respect the, what are they, the Roadrunners or something? Yeah. yeah. Respect them. And I'm like, no, did oh, they just play somebody good? <laughs> they, I will like, not. They, like, barely beat UTEP or something.
1: And I'm yeah. like, okay,
0: it's a win, but do I care at all? Respecting
1: no. them is having them in the top 25. I agree. I mean, we're talking about the 25 best college football teams in the country. Yes. And UTSA is in there. That's all the respect you need. Yeah. This I, is I, this I, is a team that is far from Power 5. Yeah.
0: I disrespect them, too. They are the 32nd <laughs> team. Uh, of the teams that I pay attention to for my ranking and, yeah. and are ranked, they are 32, yeah. the last one.
1: And that's, that's probably closer to where they belong. Oh, yeah. But I think that 9-0 and 0 gets you a long way with this committee. Well, that's not even true. I think that 9-0 got them Correct. a long way with this committee and Correct. got them at 23, which is really all just arbitrary because who really cares for anything below 16?
0: Uh, I'm going to throw out a really hot take. Go ahead. Clemson at 21.
1: Yeah, I think Clemson probably should have been ranked this week.
0: They're not playing great-looking football. They're, They're also not. not playing great football overall. I don't think
1: anybody at twenty-one and below is playing great-looking football right now.
0: You're six and three right now, and you keep winning games.
1: Yeah, Clemson's a better six and three team than Utah is. I agree That's for sure.
0: I agree, and I, I, I've got them right next to Utah. I've actually got Utah right ahead of them. Honestly, I could have, I could have Clemson ahead. I think that I respect Utah's losses a little bit. Yeah. I think that's all it was for I me. think
1: I feel the way you feel about Utah, about Arkansas. Yeah. I think that I would have Clemson behind Arkansas, but above Utah.
0: I, I respect that. I-, I think I need to see a little bit more from Arkansas. I, I-
1: think Arkansas has gotten the worst end of the stick this year. Oh, team. yeah. I- they were a very good football team who had to play absolutely everything. Mm-hmm.
0: I think the only thing is I'm a little jaded from that Ole Miss game because I was watching that game live. And I'm sitting there, like, first of all, love the two-point attempt. The you year. have to. I love that. Nobody pick. can stop I anybody. I was just like, dude, how do you not fire your entire defensive staff after yeah. this game? There were no stops. It was a bad performance. And as a guy who loves defense, it was just pain. It was painful. <laughs> all right, real quick. Let's just project out for funsies. Okay. What What's your top four to end the year? What do you think?
1: To end the year for the CFP? Mm-hmm. To end the year for the CFP, I think Georgia and Bama are kind of locks for one and two. No matter what happens in the SEC championship, I think if you are ranking Bama at two, you're kind of expecting them to win the SEC championship. Is what it feels like. Yeah,
0: and then Georgia moves down to maybe three to
1: two because to then two. Georgia's yeah. a one-loss, no one loss. Because Georgia's is a one loss team. Yeah, the yeah, only person the that could say that they're better than Georgia is Bama. Yeah. So I think you've got Georgia and Bama one and two to end the year. Ohio State has a very, very tough road ahead of them.
0: The Big Ten as a whole, I mean, all of them have murderers. I Rose think in front of them.
1: that if Ohio State wins out, they could even be number two. Not that it would matter. Yeah. Because then they're still playing Bama, who would be number three. So I'll go Georgia one, Bama two, Ohio State three, and they're going to have to work for it, and I've got Oklahoma at four. Oklahoma at four. Because I think Oklahoma wins out with two more ranked wins by the end of the year.
0: I think Georgia-Bama, Yeah, one-two. I think Bama gets it together. I'm going to go with Michigan coming out yeah. of the Big Ten.
1: It's just whoever comes out of the Big Ten mm-hmm. gets three. Yeah,
0: I think they get three.
1: I think it's Ohio State. You think it's Michigan. I think it's Michigan. It could literally be any of them. Coin flip. Between those
0: top three guys, could be any of them. Four, I'm actually going to go with Oklahoma State.
1: Oklahoma, yeah. I mean, it's just if they beat Oklahoma. And
0: I think they're— The number four spot is, um, you know, the usual winner of the get your shit kicked in invitational. Yeah. It's it's not going to be. My only
1: problem with Oklahoma State at four is they have a loss. The only reason I had Oklahoma at four is because they would be undefeated if they won out. Yeah. I think if Oklahoma loses, then Cincinnati probably squeezes into four for me, being that undefeated team. Because then Cincinnati would just be who Oklahoma is every other year. Cincinnati. That undefeated team who would normally play Bama yeah. and just get the wheels beat off of them.
0: I think that Cincinnati is not going to be happy at the end of this year. Because I, I think possible. that if, if it's between Cincinnati and a one-loss Oklahoma State who has a win over Baylor, has a win over Oklahoma, and you better hope that Notre Dame doesn't lose again. I, I, think, I think they're putting in the Oklahoma State team. It's hard
1: to put Cincinnati in, but it feels wrong to not.
0: Oh yeah. I, I think that this is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back just in terms of the deadlock that's currently happening about expansion.
1: Yeah. It doesn't matter A- expansion's what coming they go to, yeah. Yeah. But, it feels pretty pretty undeniable at this point that people are not happy with this committee. Yeah. In any given year and any given week. And the expansion is the clear solution to that that makes everyone happy.
0: I generally like the committee. I do. I do. I just think that with Ford, there isn't a ton for them to yeah, work with. Yeah, they have an impossible job. Yeah.
1: I'll give it to them. Yeah. But it's one of those things like, I don't care if you have an impossible job. I still don't like you. Know? I get that. I know. I get that. Like, your job is to make hard decisions that a lot of people aren't going to like. Okay. You're still making decisions that a lot of people aren't gonna like. That's gonna make you unlikable.
0: I will say I don't. I don't think there's really been a year where someone got left out that I think shouldn't have gotten left out. I think there was maybe one year that I thought TCU should have gotten in, and then I they can't remember what year it was.
1: But Ohio State getting in was a massive problem one year.
0: Was that that might have been the year that they had to use like three quarterbacks, and like they they ended up playing decently but yeah. just the fact that they got in people were like because it was it was one of those the committees like look they look like a fourth best yeah. team in it, it, it was an eye test it, thing and it, they're you know
1: everyone's like resume
0: and and they they might have been the UCF year was it was
1: that what it was I think it was the UCF It could have been that yeah I do think it was and I think that that was the year that they got beat like 31 to 0 by Clemson in that first round yeah that that would make a lot of sense yeah yeah. Just to get your top four again, because we were having so many conversations. You had Georgia 1, right? Right. And then Bama 2? Bama, you Bama two, two, 2 or
0: 3. It really two doesn't. 2 and 3
1: were Bama and Oklahoma for you? Oklahoma State was... No, no, no. Three okay.
0: is 3 is Michigan for me.
1: 3 was Michigan. Gotcha. 3 is
0: Michigan for me. And then 4 is going to be Oklahoma State.
1: Okay. Interesting, interesting. Definitely a lot of shakeup. More shakeup for you than there is for me yeah. by the end of the year. I'm counting on some chaos. Yeah, I and there it. normally is.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel like this is the year to upset the natural order in college football. It that's feels like that's been happening that. all year. Mm-hmm. It really yeah. does. Yeah, hopefully NC State's going to be in a New Year's Six Bowl. It's it's possible. Win this game. Mm-hmm. Go 10-2. and two. I said 10-2 and two before this year started. It's on its dying gasps, Yeah, looking at the last three games that they've uh, got. It's, no it's a losses. tough road ahead. <laughs> but it's possible, yeah. so we shall see. All right, any bold predictions for this Wake Forest game?
1: This Wake Forest game, I think that NC State is the first team this season that keeps Wake Forest under 35 points. I think that it is the only way NC State wins this football game this week, is keeping Wake Forest below 35 points. I think that Wake Forest will have a lot of steam coming out of its head after a very frustrating loss for them the last week. I think they're going to play angry, and that is scary for the defense. But I do think that we are talented enough to keep them below 35. And just historically, I think that NC State has been good at managing good Wake Forest offenses, high-volume Wake Forest offenses. Uh, On the offensive side, Devin Leary's throwing at least four touchdowns again. It's going to have to become the norm if we want them to finish 10-2 and two like you projected. And it kind of has become the norm. You know, this is what he does every week. And I think we have to have at least one 100-yard rusher. And I think that that rusher will probably be Ricky just because he's more versatile I can as see a that. runner. But I think that those are my picks this week, what, at what, least on offense.
0: What's your score prediction then?
1: Score prediction for me probably comes in. I'll keep a touchdown between them at NC State making it to 35 while keeping Wake Forest at 28.
0: I'm going to start with my score prediction and work backwards. Um, I think this game's going to rely on A, turnovers, but also B, stopping long Wake Forest drives. Yep. I think... You're hoping to force field goals, and Wake Forest has a really good field goal kicker. It do. Even still, a field goal is a win. It is. I'm going to go with NC State 35, Wake Forest 30. Three of their promising drives have to end field goals, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. So that's I, my... I, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's my score prediction. Um, as far as bold predictions, this is a game where you need to make plays in the backfield. I'm going to say that NC State... Has a total of five sacks this game. Total of five is, sacks. That is bold. I think, look, I, I think you've gotta get after them.
1: You you've do. You gotta it?
0: It, you cannot just rely on your back end to I think if you're Tony, you're saying, look, you are gonna get torched regardless. Yeah, so you're you gonna are. get
1: you're gonna get that's torched. That's very, very true.
0: You're gonna get torched while I send as many people as possible at Sam Hardman. Right. And I think that's just right. gonna be and the playing with fire things. But that I doing. feel
1: like at the same time. That's kind of been the story all season, and it hasn't really happened yet. Well, I, I Outside think, of DJ, I, we we did well to get on DJ a lot against Clemson.
0: I, I think that this is another case of what the defense prefers, yeah. um, sometimes coming back to bite it. I right. think what you're seeing with Vi Jones where he was a backup even though he was one of the best pass rushers on the team. Now Vi Jones is playing a lot alongside Drake. Right. I think Savion Jackson, it sounds like, his size is still up in the air. Dave Dorn didn't have any real information for us Monday. Yeah. I have a feeling he's out. Okay. If he's out, though, suddenly, finally, your three best pass rushers have to play the entire game. Yeah. Vy Jones, Drake Thomas, Davin Van for the entire game. Adding in Corey Durden, who does a great job of at least hitting the quarterback. Yeah. I think that those four guys, between the four of them, they can get you five sacks.
1: That's interesting that it could kind of turn into a get-to-the-quarterback, that this team could manage to get-to-the-quarterback better because its best players are hurt. Yeah. that It's surprising. It is surprising, but it kind of makes sense.
0: Yeah. It does. I, I You know, and it, it could just be a, a thing where, you know, versus looking at Savion versus Davin Van, maybe Savion's better in, in run support. Yeah. Maybe he stays in his lanes a little yeah. better, whatever, whatever. But Davin just makes plays. Right. He just runs around. He has a little better motor. I don't know what it is, but. I mean, it's, he's, he's it's hungry.
1: He's he's playing
0: for his spot on this team in the future. Yeah. I mean, this, and he's another one of those young guys that people are really excited about. So yeah. I think, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with five sacks. They're going to.
1: Yeah. I'm going to be. I don't hate them. it as much as I did when you first said. Yeah.
0: It. I'm going to be counting them in the stands like that. Yeah. sack. <laughs> <laughs> I was so right. But yeah, uh, I'm going to say that. Devin Leary only throws touchdowns to Tudel and Carter. I think they get two apiece.
1: Tutle and Carter. Interesting. Big Interesting. guys,
0: big targets. Yeah. I think
1: they're mismatches,
0: especially because if they still start Nick Anderson as a safety, that dude's 5'10". So that's yeah. a matchup.
1: Yeah, height is definitely in their advantage there. But I think that as NC State gets closer to the goal line, it becomes more and more a Mecca-Messi territory for those quick routes to the corners and the edges of the end zone, which is why I like a Messi to probably catch one. I can see that happening, and I
0: think third random prediction, I see this game ending on either end and a game-winning drive.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to have to because despite my score prediction, I think that even if NC State can keep it really, really low scoring for most of the game, there's going to come a point where everything just breaks open, defense out the window, who's going to get the ball last and what can they do with it in the time that's left.
0: All right. There you have it. Long podcast today, but But it was a good one. It was a good one. It was a great one. I feel good about this. Yeah. I feel really nice about it as well. So there you have it. Everything you need to know about the current state of college football, NC state football preview for the game, check back in next week. And we're going to roll through all of it all over again. Finally, to wrap it up, Thanks for joining us. I've been your host, Jalen Harrington. And I've been Wade Bowman. We'll talk to you all next week.
1: See ya.